Have you ever been walking and you're looking in another direction than the direction you're walking and you walk into somebody or into something where you get disoriented? I have. I bet you have too. Hey, Dr. Randy here from Intentional Living. That's one way that we can get in our own way, trip over our own feet. There's a lot of other ways too, though. In practical ways, in our relationship, we can get in our own way with our finances, with our faith, and so on. So today we want to talk about how do we get out of our own way? How do we set aside the clutter that holds us back, get out of our own way, and let God move us forward with His plans uh, for our lives? Come on in to Intentional Living today. we got great callers already recorded from earlier, ready to go, but your calls are welcome on our storyline at 888 is the number. And when you call that comment line, we're really asking, how have you gotten out of your own way or how have you gotten out of maybe the way of somebody else? Uh, maybe you're standing in the way of someone that you love and you know it. Or maybe someone you know that you love and you think, wow, they get in their own way so often. There's so much potential there and yet they stand in the way of what God wants to do in their life. I think this is going to be a great show. I hope you'll listen and share it with others as together we get out of our own way for God's glory. My son, nine months ago, got his fingers cut off in a lawnmower. And the forgiveness for me was not forgiving anybody else in the situation, but forgiving myself. As a parent, I felt that maybe I neglected the situation to where if I would have done something differently, maybe it wouldn't have happened. And I was to the point where I was totally ripping myself up inside. You know, I felt like my church life was falling apart. My spiritual walk with Jesus was falling apart. I was declining as a wife and as a mother. My church pulled me closer to Jesus. I never lost my faith. I always walked with him. But I was praying one day and I heard forgiveness. And I thought, I need to forgive myself. I'm so quick to forgive other people. But my walk in this is learning to sometimes that we just have to forgive ourselves. And it was a very humbling experience. Wow, that is a, um, a very special story that you share. And I pictured as you were talking, there's someone listening, another mom somewhere, or maybe a dad who have continued to beat themselves up and as a result of something they feel they contributed to or something they should have done, an act of omission or commission when it comes to their children and in turn their children were harmed in some way. And of course we learn from these things and these accidents can happen. But again, Satan will love to latch on to whatever he can like a virus and affect our lives and infect our lives with negativity and lies that will drag us down. And so thank you for sharing that, that forgiveness is the key. God loves you. And you know what it says in Scripture? If we confess, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a powerful reminder. Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. Remember that? In the, old day, the devil made me do it. And we know Satan is an adversary. The scripture tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but our wrestling occurs by the principalities in those dark places, Paul says. There's spiritual forces at work. But you know what? I am convinced that the devil gets blamed for a lot of things that come down to the decisions that you and I make every day about how we're going to choose to live. Because the devil is 
equally adversarial to all Christians, and yet some find victory and others do not. So often we get in our own way. It's not the person you chose to marry, or the person you married and the marriage failed. It's not the person you work with here in the ministry. It's not your children, it's not your parents. It's you and me, we wrestle mostly with ourselves. Success comes from making a decision about dealing with me. Hmm. You know, they say repetition is the best way of learning. <laughs> and repeating that story, and I think that point from that excerpt from a teaching that I did uh, a while ago uh, reminds us of the fact that we can't be blaming other people. Also reminds me how our brains work, that while I was teaching that back then, it came to mind again today, that uh, it's easy to point our finger at other people, and even at Satan. And in a sense, if we do that to get out of the get off the hook ourselves, we do ourselves a great disservice. Because at the end of this whole story today, when we talk about getting out of our own way, we're going to have to do some reordering of our pri- private lives. Uh, because if we don't reorder our private world in terms of our thinking, our relationships, the decisions that we make, we're going to continue this pattern for a lifetime. Okay, Thomas, welcome from Kansas. How are you today? I'm okay. How are you? Good. How do you get in your own way, man? Man, um, you know, I find that, uh, you know, I've been struggling with a, uh, a an addiction for about 30 years. And, um, you know, there's been times that, um, you know, I've been free and uh, I turned around and went back to it. Um, you know, I blame circumstances, uh, people, even the devil. You know, and and what I'm coming to learn is, is that, um, you know, I have nobody to blame, you know, but myself. You know, um, I really can relate to uh, the Apostle Paul when he says that, you know, that, you know, he he did things that he didn't want to do and the things that he wanted to do, he, he, he never done. You know, that's that's me to a T. You know, uh, so I, I believe that. So that's my prayer, you know, is God save me from me because I am and I realize that I am my, I mm. can be my own worst enemy. So, Well, how does this addiction in your life hold you back, hold you down? It, 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 it holds me back from, you know, my relationship with family, my children, uh, goals that I'm trying to achieve in, in life. It, it's, it's always a downhill spiral. And, you know, you would think that it's, I would like to use a comparison to, to one putting her hand on a hot stove. You would think that if you'd done that once and got burnt, that you wouldn't do it again. You know, but I find myself, you know, you know, repeating, you know, the same destructive behavior, you know, time and time and again. And I, and I don't know why. I couldn't even tell you why, you know, um, other than, you know, I believe that... It, it, I'm my own worst enemy. Well, I'll tell you something, Thomas. When we talk about the addictive process, and um, we know that when uh, we can be addicted to substances or to pornography, um, there's lots of things. And, of course, there's a brain chemical part of this, of course. We know that the addictive process 
can turn to uh, a sense of dependency, where there's that sense of dependency, I have to go back for more, and then usually more and more to, to meet the need because it doesn't meet it quite like it did the first time. This is why the process of uh, being addicted to pornography or addicted to drugs um, you know, is a process that continues to uh, evolve and become worse in a person's life. So we know that we need help for these things. And I tell people, if the roadblock in your life is one of an addiction, you have an addiction, get some help, get treatment, find somebody, find a treatment program, get help. Don't just sit on the side and assume it's going to go away. We need help. We need each other. And there are times when it's more than just, you know, I've got to change my attitude or I've got to have a better outlook on life or I've got to start thinking differently. But when there's this dependency that starts to develop the, the addictive process, then uh, we do need to get, get help. That's one of the things I, I, uh, I'm concerned about as I see marijuana, for instance, being legalized um, in different parts of the country. Yeah, and I see the tax, you know, they're gaining tax, but it just makes me wonder when you hear those that are in the treatment programs, those that are working with people that have an addiction, aren't we just sort of teasing people to have a gateway into another roadblock in their lives? And uh, it concerns me, the direction we're taking in this country. Doesn't make sense to me. How about you? We're not just talking about drug addiction or alcohol today. Sometimes it's just we have bad thinking, got pothole thinking, as I call it. You know, the Bible tells us whatever is right and pure and admirable and praiseworthy, think on such things. It's easy to have the wrong kind of thinking. That ultimately will lead us in in the wrong direction. Blaming others. That is a huge roadblock in our lives. As long as you're blaming an ex-spouse for how miserable your life is, you're stuck. As long as you're blaming your parents, as long as you're blaming your boss, you're blaming the world, blaming the government, you're stuck. That's a roadblock in your life. What's a roadblock in your life that maybe you've determined is there and it's time to knock it down with God's help? 888 Hey, I intentionally lost 148 pounds. And I feel so much better health-wise. I had a lot of health issues as it was, and I still do. But if I hadn't have gotten that 148 pounds off, then it would have just been so much worse what I am dealing with. It took quite a while to do it. But you know what? I just kept praying and praying, and I would go to Scripture, and I would see what God wanted us to do as far as it was about eating and taking care of our bodies and stuff like that. And throughout the whole process, I lost 148 pounds. I can't say that I went on a diet. I just strictly went by what God's Word said about feeding ourselves, and it worked. It's been awesome. God has blessed me from it. I don't have a lot of the aches and pains that I used to have, and I give all the praise and glory to God for that. Hmm. Wow, 148 pounds. Congratulations. That's fantastic. You talk about being intentional. Uh, you're going to feel better, you're, obviously. Um, we talk about all of the things that we can do, the, th- the decisions that we make, that we get in our own way. It happens from the moment we get up in the morning, the things that we tell ourselves the lies that we tell ourselves. We may get in our own way by having the wrong kind of friendships, having goals that don't make sense, or we don't have any goals at all. And there's lots of things that we can do that get us into trouble. And uh, today, as we're thinking about how we can get out of our own way, let me, sh- let me share with you four things that I think we do 
to get in our own way. First of all, we have lack of clarity about the purpose of our life. If we, when we come to understand that there is a purpose for you and for me to be breathing alive and being on this planet without a sense of clarity about the purpose of man and woman on the planet, we're going to make it up ourselves. We're going to make up that it's about pleasure or success. We're going to make up that it's about getting by or getting through or getting along or just making it through one more day. But when we understand that there's a purpose for being here to bring glory to God, to enjoy His presence, to serve others, to have meaning in our life, when those things become uh, part of the permanent part of our fabric of our being, that gives us a sense of direction. So a roadblock you may have is a lack of clarity in your life. Another is a lack of clarity about the problems that you face. I mean, let's face it, in our lives we all have just practical problems that we're facing. I would ask you the question, think about this for a moment, because my guess is you're stumbling over the same problems day after day after day that either aren't getting resolved completely or you've ignored them, shoved them under the rug, set them aside, wish they'd go away, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, just Cover your eyes and assume it'll be gone when, they, when you uncover. I would ask the question, what one or two problems right now or opportunities or challenges do you have in your life that if you were to focus on them for the next 30 minutes or next 30 days would make a huge difference in your life? Just a problem. Now, what do you do with a problem? If you've identified the problem, here's another roadblock. I think we, we have a lack of turning problems into goals. We don't have goals that say, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what needs to be done. Here's the goal to solve this problem. Give, give you an example. You may have a problem, like you heard this uh, last caller talk about weight. Maybe it is you're not taking care of your health. you got to turn that problem into a goal. And the goal is, I'm going to take care of my health. More specifically... I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose what? 20 pounds, 30 pounds. I'm going to see the doctor and make sure I have a plan that is healthy for me. I'm going to change my eating habits and my exercise habits. And I'm going to, I'm going to have goals that are measurable and specific and go after them. A roadblock is we don't have goals. And I think the fourth one is a lack of follow-through. And we don't follow through many times because of distractions, because of discouragement, because of lack of knowledge. Maybe it's perfectionism, you want to be perfect in your life. Maybe you've had a history of failing and it's hard for you to even think you can be successful. Or a lack of accountability. Who's one person who can come alongside you today and hold you accountable? You know, those are some things that get in our way, but they're also the areas of potential growth in our lives. How about you? What's a roadblock where you've been stumbling over yourself? 888 do you ever get angry at your children and then feel guilty? <laughs> the hands are going up, I'm sure, because that's a universal problem in parenting. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with some encouragement with this Intentional Living Minute. Scripture says in Ephesians 4.26, it's okay to be angry, but do not sin. And I teach that anger is a vital sign. It's like your temperature or your blood pressure or heart rate. It tells you what's going on. And so if you're feeling angry, maybe it's time to stop and see the source of the anger. And is it a healthy kind of anger? Is it moving you toward the right kind of goals? 
Because if you struggle with anger, doing more of the same is only going to get you sicker. If you want to get healthier, you've got to choose to do something different. So turn your anger into positive action, loving action. And when you do that, that's intentional living. For more insight and encouragement, go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. You're listening to Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. Randy. Hey, thank you, Kurt. Um, Stumbling over your own feet. It happens in life, but when you stumble over yourself, your thinking, your behavior, and so on, you can mess up your life big time. And so how do we get out of our own way? Stand aside. Look in the mirror, and your biggest enemy is you. Is you. It's me, oh me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Remember that? There's the song. It's me, oh me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. All right, Kate, welcome to the Intentional Living Center today, Kat. Kat, it's not Kate, it's Kat. Yes. All right, well, welcome to the program. Thank you. What's your, uh, how do you stumble over yourself? Well, I constantly expect more from uh, my siblings than she can offer, and my family in general. I've always had this idealistic family view. I come from a broken family mm. uh, and a dysfunctional family, and um, my sister, I, I really would like to be a friend to her. I would like support from her, and she just is not capable of that, and we're black and white uh, as far as our morality, as far as our worldview, everything, and so I think that if I would let go of the expectations of my family, let them be who they are and not what I think they should be to meet my needs, that that would probably help a lot. Oh, I'm sure it would. There, I think it's guaranteed it would. Here's the, here's the problem, though. How do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly my problem. It, it's hard for me because I see so many other people with these neat, sister relationships and things like that and um, these friendships with their sister and I honestly don't even want to be around my own sister she doesn't live close to me but um, I'm going to go visit her and I I really would only want to spend one day with her but I know that would hurt her feelings and I don't want to hurt her feelings but on the other hand I feel belittled and sort of um, sometimes even it's it's, um, abusive not Mm -hmm. you know physically but just verbally a little bit well my guess Kat is you're the pleaser in the family yeah and you're the one that want to make it all good I'm a you know, the one who, like, whenever things were going wrong in our family, I tried to be the clown and, and try and say, look at me, yeah. look at me, don't argue, you know. See, part, part of a cat is this, and you, you hit it right on the head, and this is where we got to go when these expectations get in, in way, is expectations minus reality always equal disappointment in life. Yeah. 
And when we have expectations for a sister or a brother or for an in-law that they're going to, if we just have a little more talk, a little more love, a little more time, they're going to finally, quote, measure up to what I think they should be or who they are isn't quite what I want them to be or I thought they would be or they should be then we're constantly disappointed and we walk around in a world of constant disappointment and you've hit it right on the head and I think where you get in your own way with this one cat is by um, by allowing those expectation expectations to stay where they are you need to lower them and catch yourself from time to time being surprised I think it's okay to say you know I don't expect anything I don't know this is what I expect from her she's gonna be her tone of voice is going to be negative. I, I don't expect much from her. So when you do get something positive, it's wow. This is what happens in life in general, in marriage, and family, even with our relationship with Christ. When our expectations are not met, it creates disappointment. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Brian in New Mexico. Brian, welcome. Hey, Dr. Andy. How are you, sir? Good, good. What? How do you get in your own way? So I was doing this for a while. I've uh, made some corrections recently. So mine was, I uh, am very involved where we go to church here in uh, New Mexico, uh-huh. in Albuquerque. And we have uh, three campuses here in the city. And uh, I'm, you know, I was on the worship team, or I'm on the worship team and volunteered with the children. And so I was at church Monday nights, Tuesday nights, <laughs> Wednesday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays. Mm. And so that started to take a toll on sure. my wife, you know, on my wife. And at the time we had two small children with one on the way. So after talking to my wife, you know, she, she I, I noticed that she would get frustrated every time I would tell her, you know, I have practice tonight or, you know, I'm going, I'm going, uh, uh, you know, to, to church. I got to be there early, you know, to do sound check and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, I noticed she would get frustrated, and finally I asked her, you know, what's what's wrong? What's going on? So she told me, she's like, it just feels like we don't ever see you. You're gone, you know, you're gone all these days, all these evenings, and you're at work during the day. Mm. And so, you know, I had to go to, uh, I went to my ministry leaders, and I was kind of, to be honest with you, I was kind of afraid of, you know, how that might go, talking with them, and I talked with them. And I told me, you know, I gotta, I gotta step back a little bit. You know, I gotta step back and and rearrange some priorities. And it was great because one of the pastors actually sent me a text message and said, I had no idea you were this involved. Um, I had no idea you were serving so much. I respect what you did for your family. Yeah, and I do too, Brian. You you put your priorities where they belong. You put first things first. You know, we preach from the pulpits in America that God is our number one priority, our family should be number two, and then service, number three. And uh, whenever service then gets elevated, sometimes even above God, right? you know, it's the act of service that even takes priority over our relationship with Him, let alone our family. By getting that back into order, you've honored God, you've honored ministry, you've honored your wife, you've honored your family. And uh, frankly, it, that's that's manhood. I think that shows you've manned up and you're doing the right thing. Right, and and you know what I did is now because, like I said, I'm still on the worship team. I still do what I do with the children, um, but what I'll do now is I'll you know I'll, I'll serve for you know not in a row but two three weeks, and then I'll take three four weeks off. That's what we call my friend around here. Are you ready? Here's a big 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 word: intentional living. 
intention is that I used to be a sailor and I had a very bad sailor's mouth and I am intentionally trying to correct that. Hi Dr. Andy, this is Diane. I just wanted to let you know how I was living an intentional life. Friends from church kind of convicted me that it was intentional for me to work on my marriage and how beneficial it would be to take the Crown financial course with my husband. Um, I've decided to live intentionally. Every area, every five areas that you mentioned, I found I need to change up. Thank you for your show. It's a blessing. Uh, my intentional living has become uh, more intentional since I surrendered my heart to Christ. Uh, I've lost 170 pounds. I have, over the years, tried to be an intentional liver, but thank you for your encouragement to remind us to live intentionally, and I do appreciate that. May God continue to bless you. You know what, as I, by the way, thank you, as I hear these, your stories, I feel like I'm the one getting the blessing here, you know, uh, we started Intentional Living to help you, and I think you guys are helping me more as you tell me the stories of what you're doing, losing weight, giving God glory, being better stewards with your finances, giving God glory, putting your marriage back together, changing attitudes, you know, we can't control everything, but you know what? We can control our attitude, our words, our interaction. We can control what we put in our mouth and what comes out of our mouth. These are things we can control, and when we do, listen, that's what we do. And when we do that, that's intentional living. So thank you so much. God bless you for sharing your stories with us. And by the way, if you have a story to share, uh, you know, we always love to hear it. Because when you share your story, God gets the glory. This is Intentional Living. What's a beautiful thing about Christ we see in scripture is that the culture in which Christ lived, women were rejected, they were downcast, they were, even in the world today, second and third and fourth class citizens. But Christ elevated women. It's one of the things I've always been impressed with when you read the scripture, how Christ elevated the position, importance, and value of women. And we see here that God made up the difference of this woman being on love by healing her of these seven demons bringing her into his circle of influence. Hmm. What story is he talking about? Get the lesson and you'll learn four examples in Scripture, and there's many others, of how God stepped in and just had a, an unbelievable ministry of love to those who were feeling unloved in the world, in a relationship or in a community, and yet God made up the difference. It's a great lesson. I'd love the feedback from our members. You've received it already. I'm sure many of you have listened to it. If you missed it, we sent it by email. Check the spam folder. Make sure it didn't get lost in there. After you get it, feel free to share it with your pastor or your family. It can be an encouragement, and I would invite new members to come and join us today because your monthly support allows Intentional Living to stay on the radio. We have overhead associated with this. It allows us to have our online podcast go out around the world every day. And the resources that we develop and share, the events that we're able to do, because we believe in one message, and that is that living an intentional life in Christ can provide freedom, less regret, it brings great encouragement to our life, and it can be transformational. And so I just want to say very humbly to each of you who have sacrificially and are right now contributing to the ministry on the auto-giving program, sending in every month, thank you 
for standing with us. I invite you to come and join us as well. Go to theintentionallife.com. Again, our email is theintentionallife.com. That's our web address, rather, theintentionallife.com. And click on Donate, and uh, you can sign up today, and we'll get the teaching to you this month and every month thereafter, a brand-new teaching from Intentional Living. Join me tomorrow. We're going to wrap up uh, the week here talking about making your marriage work. What is it that's standing in the way of your marriage? I hope you'll join me. We'll see you then.